0: Blog Talk Radio. three penguins got a tour of an art museum like many patrons they confuse Monet with Manet I'm Brett Singer this is my show I think I could tell the difference, but I don't know. I'm not that cultured. I'm not as cultured as the penguins. What can I tell you? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Brett from the Bunker. It is Thursday, May 28th. I actually forgot it was Thursday today. I have therapy on Thursdays, and I forgot to turn my phone on. (laughs) So I only got half a therapy session. That's what happens. May 28th, 2020, and I am joined today by Rachel Elizabeth. Rachel, welcome.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting.
0: Of Of course. Thank you for coming on. Now, I ask everyone, how are you holding up?
1: Um, I am holding up. Okay. Um, I, let's see, what did I do today? I woke up. Um, I went for a cry walk, um, a cry walk. Wait, what is a
0: cry walk?
1: Um, so basically I recently since fleeing New York city, I've been, um, just kind of like hanging out, um, with my friends and just kind of thinking back to old times, um, and writing. And so to like get my creative juices flowing. Um, Sometimes I'll go for a walk around the neighborhood. Sometimes I'll just, you know, walk down the stairs in tears and then go to my fridge and eat a pizza lunchable for breakfast and just kind of, you know, reflect on um, memories of yesteryear. And it's, uh, yeah, it's very extra, uh, very melodramatic. My room is like, I'm sleeping. Please stop playing a jo- uh, Joni Mitchell on full blast. Um, but yeah, so I don't. I, I've been I, I've been okay. You know, I, I would say I'm doing well. This is this is good for me. So yeah.
0: Great. A pizza lunchable for breakfast. That is kind of sad. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Um, it, it is sad, but I honestly, I, I just like, I don't know. I feel like, um, as a plus size woman, like anytime I eat anything, it's just like revolutionary. You know what I mean? Like anytime I wear a bikini, anytime I wear something that like, or eat something that isn't healthy, like I'm basically making art. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really great way to start my day.
0: Okay. That's good. It's, a, it's an artistic way to start your day. It's uh, yeah, it, that exactly, is that is important.
1: Exactly.
0: That is Absolutely. very, very important. Um, so what have you been doing to stay sane?
1: Uh, Um, I, let's see. Uh, So I've been, um, I've been really into making jewelry recently out of polymer clay, kind of like combine the childhood pastime with kind of like the pressure to be making money right now, even though the world is imploding. Um, So it's like a cute little way for me to just kind of like disassociate and I guess, be creative in um, kind of a very basic way. I thought about starting an Etsy store, but I, I like, don't know how to do math. And there's, like, a lot of numbers um, when you try to go and figure that stuff out. And so I've just been, like, laying all the earrings that I make all over um, my kitchen table for everybody that comes in the house to kind of see um, and appreciate. Sometimes they're, like, you've seen these 15 times both like Play-Doh, um, but I don't know. That's just what I've been enjoying doing. I now, now, always- when you
0: say everybody coming into your house, are you not social distancing, or are people coming over to your house?
1: Um, I don't, I, I don't really believe in social distancing. I don't really believe in science. No, just kidding. Um, actually, <laughs> no. My friend yeah, and I, you had me. We don't know each um, other, so I
0: don't know.
1: <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a bit of a contrarian. Fuck the CDC. No. Um, I uh, have a couple friends. i so, so I live with my roommate. She's my best friend. She's the one that kind of rescued me. I'm from New York, and I, um, I'm living with her right now, and we have just, like, what they call pods. So I'm living in the south right now, um, and that's where she's living. And so we have, like, what they call pods, which is basically a group of five people, and you don't really, like, it's, you don't really, like, invite other people into your pod. And so I've just been hanging out with the same five people for, like, oh, okay. the past two weeks, and I already hate all of them.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so yeah so i might risk getting infected just to like get some new faces around them. No, I'm, I'm just kidding um but uh but yeah so that's i guess i guess it's a bit of an exaggeration to say a ton of people because it's only you know like four or five but it's still I'm, I'm i feel lucky to be able to have some social interaction definitely
0: sure absolutely i mean i think that's that's key um yeah that's that's nice i mean so i mean it's really no different if you had a family of five you know, as long as you exactly. limit it to those people, then it's fine. I think and pod, I like that. That's that's evocative. So that's really good. So you say you got. You, when did you get out of New York? You said you were rescued from New York.
1: Um yeah I'm, yeah so on a, on a serious note I'm like I'm I'm am very grateful very lucky to have such a I'm such a great friend and be able to you know um uh have the freedom to um kind of relocate somewhere that's a little bit more like conducive to regular everyday life right now. And it was about two weeks ago. I, I so I was living in my apartment for like like since the pandemic started. And I'm a hypochondriac, so I was actually not to like brag or anything or like act like you know yeah. I started the social distancing trends first. But like the second I heard about COVID, like I quarantined like a week before anyone else did. Right. Um, and so I had been. I, that sounded so braggadocious. Like I don't know why I, why I even said that. But
0: no, you got to um, listen. You got to be was, proud of what you got to be proud of what makes you it, you. You know.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I don't have much else to be proud of, so I think that's the thing that I'm really gonna stick to for the next like you know, five or six months. Um, but I think that, like, yeah, I, I think I was probably quarantining on my own, completely alone by myself for like two or three months. And at first, it was like this artistic thing, like I'm just gonna write my memoir, and i i, I, I my contract ended for my job too, so I, I was unemployed. And so it was like, I'm just gonna write my memoir, and like, Walk around in a nightgown and you know not talk to anyone or whatever. And then like after two months of that, I was like, I can't take this anymore. And so my friend was like, Look, I'll drive up and come get you, and you can just come live with me. So
0: wow, that is a good friend.
1: Yes, she is an amazing friend. We've been friends for six years. She's very brilliant, very functional. We're very different people, um, but yeah, she's she's great.
0: Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, the whole like, I'm going to write my memoir. I'm going to write the great American novel. I'm going to write a screenplay. I mean. You know, I suppose if I'd started a screenplay when this started, I'd probably be finished with it by now. But I don't know. I just I got a, I, I, I feel like I'm doing a lot of things like I'm doing a lot of comedy. And that's really what's sort of kind of keeping me sane. That's awesome. So, yeah, you know, that's I, great. I mean, part part of me is, though, thinking that maybe I should be shifting my focus and maybe I should be, I should put it all towards something a little more concrete. I, I don't know. I'm torn. Um. So so you're making the jewelry. What else? What else do you do uh, to keep the time to you know, just to pass the time?
1: Um, I, I, well, I mean, I, I, do write a lot. Like I have been writing, um, like, uh, kind of the stuff I've always been wanting to write it right, um, on my blog and that's been exciting and gotten, it, it just, it just, it, it just has gotten good feedback. So I'm good about, I feel good about that. But I would say other than that, um, I finally decided that I'm going to really lean into this moment and learn how to use a stove. Um, and so <laughs> I've been, I've been cooking quite a lot. Um, right. and yeah, uh, so, I don't know. I've been cooking things like um, uh, like panini kind of situation. Sometimes I'll even get, like, really daring and make pasta and, like, boil water. Because when I have to drop the noodles in, I kind of do this thing where, like, I throw them in. And, I, I, and then I, like, step back really quickly because I'm scared that the water is going to hit me in the face. And I'll, like, you know, I don't know, something horrible will happen to my skin. Um, I, I'm very afraid of hot water, and so I just kind of, like, drop it in, and then I, like, run back two feet and then drop another one in, and it's, like, very inefficient, and it doesn't even really taste that good, but I feel like I've accomplished something, so
0: fair enough. Um, as long as you, a
1: deal for me. As long yeah. as you feel
0: like you've accomplished something. So COVID must have hit you pretty hard, I mean, with being a hypochondriac.
1: You know, it's really <laughs> it's funny because and I, I always, like, tell my friends this. Like, I feel like hypochondria is just based in, like, it's not an evidence-based fear, right? And so I always say like being a hypochondriac is basically like smoking a pack of cigarettes because you're worried about getting cancer, you know? Um, Like, and so it's like with hypochondria, I'm always scared of things that definitely won't happen. So like if there's ever a real threat of anything, it like doesn't faze me as much. It's all, okay. like, things that, like, aren't real. You know what I mean? Like I Oh, I myself see. So like it's, 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 it's the things that really can't hurt you.
0: But the, the things that really can hurt you, you're like, eh.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Like like, like, like like truly, in a lot of ways. I mean, I quarantined, like, way before, but, like, once it was, like, real. You know what I mean? Like, when I, when I was like, oh, like, it's not going to hurt young people. Like, it's this thing. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to quarantine. And then, like, once the evidence came out of, like, this is a very real threat. One in five people in New York City have it. I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to get it. Like, it's going to be fine. Um, but I did got diagnosed myself with, like, four other um, illnesses while I was in quarantine. And it freaked me out that I couldn't go to a doctor to get a CAT scan. So I guess in some ways it did affect uh, me. This, but is, not a good, this is
0: not a good time for, you know, for doctor visits for things that are not COVID related. Like, even COVID related, they don't want to talk to you.
1: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like they, never, they never want to talk to me. I, you know, I, it's really weird. I don't know if you've found this, but I feel like like there's something, like, fun about going to the doctor because, like, the nurses have to be nice to you. Like, kind of similar like, going to a restaurant or going to a bar, right? Like, the waitresses and the bartenders, like, they have to be friendly to you, basically, no matter what you say. That's how it is at the doctor's office. Like, I can be so obnoxious and the nurse will just, like, smile and be like, yeah, that's great. And it's just like this, you know, it feels amazing. It feels like the love I never got as a child. Um and yeah. so I feel like mostly that's what I miss the most about, you know, being able to go to the doctor.
0: Uh, fair. Fair enough. I don't know I don't know if I feel like the nurses always have to be nice to you. Maybe maybe that's just uh not that the nurses are mean to me, but I they're they're not always nice to me. <laughs> oh really? Okay. It depends. It depends. Some of them some of the doctors' offices I've been to, they're they're a little cranky. So um, hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say that me. it's exclusive. <laughs> you want you want you want to meet the, you want to you want a bad nurse, you want a mean nurse.
1: Yeah, I want a bad nurse.
0: I nurse a, ratchet. Like,
1: nurse yeah, I just want a nurse who's like shut up, you're not dying. I don't want to hear it and she has like some you no know, kind of like snarkily glaring at me for the rest of the visit like I was Nice. That.
0: There you go. That's that sounds exactly fun. That's exactly
1: what I need. Yeah.
0: Uh what kind of stuff do you put on your blog?
1: So, um basically I am writing kind of like I don't know if this is the proper term for it, but like a serialized kind of memoir thing. So um, I'll put it out part by part. And right now it's just, um, I'm. so I went to graduate school in the South. I'm not from the South, I'm from Pittsburgh, but I went to graduate school there. And it was just, it was a very different environment in in a lot of ways. Um, And I think mental illness kind of exacerbated a lot of the problems I experienced. And my dad died when I was in grad school and just kind of, it was like this hurricane of just like, chaos that really like brought out the worst in me. And so I have all these like absurd memories of me just being, you know, self-destructive, but at the same time, kind of like getting involved with some really shitty people. And so um, I do like to write in a comedic way about, you know, things that are, you know, in in some sense, like objectionable or traumatic or something. And so I'm just writing about three kind of like noteworthy um, dates that I went on, if you can call them that and kind okay. of, how um, the dynamics between me and like those guys and just the environment um, in which they happened uh, kind of affected me and it's not, it's not very happy but you know, I, I try to make it funny and it's something, it's a story that I wanna tell and so I've just been like releasing those in separate parts and right now I'm about to um, publish part five on my blog um, after I edit it a little bit more.
0: So you treat it almost like, like, like you know, almost like chapters of a book.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I th- yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yes. Um.
0: um. Sorry, I was just distracted by a text from my son that he can't uh, do the dentist appointment I just set up for him. So, that's it. this oh. is what, what when people talk about having ADD. I'm sort I'm always I'm always like, you know, if you're not distracted by the slightest little, you know, shiny object every single time you're doing something else, maybe you don't have ADD. I don't know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I, I believe me. I got it pretty bad there is no it's just I, there's nothing to be done i mean it's just like i just have to turn the phone the other way and when i forget to do that 100%. i get that and it totally I mean, it's
1: horrible it's just horrible and look is it, if it is to the point during our uh, podcast where you're like i can't take the sound of her voice anymore i need to tune her out and disassociate like just let me know i will totally understand because that's not that of people I, like, talk about.
0: do people say <laughs> that to you is that a, is that a thing you hear um, do people say that that's a terrible thing to say
1: oh uh, Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, like, I think that I I think I've I've not been very judicious in terms of like the men that I've dated.
0: So yes, men have said men who you've dated said to you, I can't stand the sound (laughs) of your voice.
1: They have said things like "you talk too much," "you have too many opinions," like "you know, calm down." Yeah, yeah. You I mean, talk I, I'm, too
0: much. You have too many opinions. You're, you're like actively yeah. dating someone, or is that is that a first date? When does when does that come up? At what point in the relationship so, does that come up?
1: I so I think, and this is I so the men that I've dated, I my experience has been that there's kind of like. I don't even want to call it a honeymoon phase because the sex is not that good. The sex actually gets better once they start being terrible. But that's the whole thing that, like, I'll unpack with my therapist. Like, we don't need to address that here. But um, I would say that, in all honesty, like, uh, yeah, it comes later in the relationship. Like, for me, wow. that's been the pattern.
0: That's yeah. just – that's staggering uh, to me. I mean, I just – I can't even imagine. I mean, it's just like, if you don't like <laughs> – I mean, that that's – you have too many opinions. What an obnoxious thing to say. <laughs> What a terrible, terrible yeah. thing to say to somebody.
1: I mean, it's I, I've, I've kind of like I've come to expect it. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, you know, it's interesting because I find that, um, like now, I, I don't. know, Maybe you find this with comedy. Like there are some things that like you don't realize are fucked up until someone points it out to you because you're almost like so used to like using humor to cope with it. You know what I mean? Uh, like what? Oh, just like just just stuff like that, like men being shitty or like, you know, things related to mental illness. Like I joke about that stuff all the time and then it doesn't occur to me until I like tell someone that's maybe like not super familiar with my comedy, like, Oh, I've had this experience, they're just like, Oh my god, that's terrible and I'm just like, Oh yeah, it is terrible. I just, <laughs> just well, like in what way are men it. shitty?
0: And I'm not saying that to say that they are not. I'm just sort of wondering, you know, what specifically you mean when you say that.
1: Oh, I don't I mean, I don't know. I think that like I and I guess I guess maybe I'm more like it's more obvious to me just because I feel like so much of the the comedy that I like and the stuff that I read it deals with, you know, issues of, you know, men just kind of, you know, kind of like what I said, like not listening to women or maybe being threatened by women that have, you know, opinions or um, I think for me, like, you know, I, um, a lot of the stuff I write about is like men, you know, kind of like being ashamed that they're attracted to me because I'm heavier. And so, in my experience, that's kind of been the way in which, like, I've experienced like misogyny is men. Um, I guess I don't know, being like, yeah, I'll sleep with you, but it has to be like a secret or whatever, you know. Um, and oh, Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, that's awful.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. That's terrible. I mean, I, I, what is it? What is that? I'll sleep with you, but it has to be a secret. What is? What is I mean, what, it's, I, I think what's?
1: What's a terrible thing so, to say? I I it is. And it's funny because I find that all the men that I've experienced this with are also mediocre. Like I dated this one guy who was like, he was always talking about how like he was such like a great like oh I built this I built that I built everything in my home and I go in this house and it's all like IKEA furniture and like pictures that he takes to Wallace wall duct tape. I'm just like what like you really like you're embarrassed of me like this is shameful. This looks like uh like a dystopian like pottery barn teen. Like what where am I? You know what I mean like. Yeah, How do you so, date
0: someone like that, though? I mean, say like, I mean, I just I feel terrible that you that you've had that experience. I, I
1: think I don't know. I mean, I think that when I was in graduate school, and this is like literally what I'm writing about right now, is that I think that after a while, I came to have, you know, I mean, I, have you ever been to graduate school?
0: I have not. I, I I always wish I had because then I would have a master's degree. And I, I don't really want to go to graduate school, but I kind of want a master's degree. I think that'd be fun which is not a good reason, so that's why I don't go.
1: I mean, it's funny because, like, it broke me so much, like, quote-unquote, masters. Really, I don't feel like I've mastered anything. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm Yeah. like, like it just psychologically broke me to the point of just feeling so inadequate because a lot of – I mean, especially with philosophy, that's what, I, that's what I studied. Like, so much of it is just, like, being criticized and scrutinized and having, you know, yourself – you know, having people tell you your views are wrong. And so I think in a lot of ways it was, like, I wasn't in the most, like – progressive environment in graduate school like in a lot of ways new york was fun to go to but i think through comedy i definitely found amazing people and kind of learned more about like just overall why the south why there's some stereotypes about the south in terms of regressive policies but um my department wasn't the most progressive or like feminist minded place and so i think that i mean i it it is very sad i think i just came to have like a very low opinion of myself but that's also what like made me start doing comedy right was being in that kind of dark place and so um i don't know i guess for me it's hard to like think about it now in a way that isn't where i'm not kind of just ultimately like laughing at it as as sad as that is i don't know well
0: so that's that's an interesting transition so uh how did you get into comedy
1: yeah so i um I, don't, I always like wanted to do stand up like this is obviously um coming from some of the studies feminist philosophy. This is an, some people might interpret this as like an embarrassing thing for me to say, but like i was um i was obsessed with louis c k like you know, before all this stuff about his actions came out like, I was obsessed with i see this comedy let me let me just
0: this. let me just point out like all that st- all that stuff is horrible. But Lou, but he was a good comic. Like you know, we can't pretend that those routines weren't good. Like they were, and it was interesting oh, well, stuff.
1: Think, right, and I think that I think that that's there's something to be said for that. I think like like when we say someone's funny, that does not entail any kind of character evaluation yeah, or endorsement exactly. of like their character, right? And so yeah, I think I can I I haven't seen his new special to be honest. Um, but I think like you know I would still say the comedy of his that that inspired me to do comedy is still very funny, and you know. But yeah, I mean, am I gonna buy tickets to a show or support him? Right, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I
0: I, I right. kind of want to see his new special. I also kind of don't want to give him money. Like, I sort of want someone else to do it. Like, which is I know is a little silly, but oh, yeah, right. to be fair, I mean, if yeah. it were on Netflix, I probably would have watched it already. Like, you know, like yeah, it would already like, be there. But you know, I'm already paying for it. You know, whatever. But um, right. but once I have to go and sort of plunk down eight bucks. It's like, well, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't like what he did. I don't know that I want to support him.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I mean, he's a shitty. Yeah, I mean, he he did terrible things. And I mean, a couple of my my, my like hardcore feminist friends, they like um, got it like illegally or whatever, and they all watched it. Um, I didn't have time to do it, but I heard their take on it. They said it was bad. So I mean, i don't have to see it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's ridiculous to think that you know, um, you can't go back and listen to his old stuff, or you can't, you know, um that his old stuff is funny because saying someone's funny in my opinion is not the same as that is saying oh you know this is someone I admire or something you know right um, but at yeah exactly did.
0: Um, yeah, right so at one point one you time. admired him so he, he inspired you so what 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 about yeah. his stuff inspired you to get to to start stand-up
1: well I think I I, I think but Brian Regan also was like the first comic I listened to great was like comic very different but like There was something, like, I think, and then um, there was just something about, like, Louis C.K. specifically just, like, going on stage and being this, like, just, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is strategic and calculated, but he always seemed to just kind of go on there and just be so, like, like, unapologetically, like, disgusting, like this old perverted man just, like, walking on stage and telling these, like, you know, kind of graphic and also just, you know, like... Like, I, I don't know, there was something about just, just kind of, and maybe this is like my masochistic tendencies are showing, but there was like something about him just like walking on stage and almost like degrading himself in a way and exposing these like terrible thoughts that he has where it inspired me to be like, you know, what if I went on stage and I talked about some of, you know, the um, uh, like traumatic experiences I've had or some of the experiences that I've had, you know with men where I'll have like, you know, feminist women telling me you shouldn't put up with that. And yet I still put up with it. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, I guess to, to, to subject yourself to an audience and make all the things about you that are like not polished and, and not, you know, um, uh, respectable or something like make those things funny and like use kind of like degrading yourself in that way to make a point or tell what, you know, truth or you know make people laugh or something I think was inspiring to me if that makes any sense and I felt at the time you know I had a lot to get out a lot that I wanted to say and so for a year I would like write stand-up routines but I would never perform them and then finally when my father died my second year of graduate school I was just there were so many things that just made me be like I need an outlet or I'm gonna you know like kill myself like you know I, I was I was very very depressed and so I went and I just kind of like tried it out um, and it was I'm a very socially pre-comedy I was a very socially anxious person I still am in a lot of ways but just after that first set um, I just felt like this is I love this and it, it went well and um, yeah so after that I just kept doing it and I was that's great um, yeah so where, I, where I, did I you
0: like where did you do that. it the first time where, where did you do it the first time so
1: so I was going to graduate school at Florida State University, and I was, in, um, I was living in Tallahassee, Florida, so, like, North Florida. Um, a lot of great people that I met through comedy, but before I did comedy, it was not, it's not a progressive university. It is not a progressive town. If you, you know, it's very segregated, and so if you're at FSU, you know, a lot of it is, like, white conservative Trump supporters, that are either students or alumni. And it's very misogynistic, very racist, very anti-Semitic. And so it was interesting how through comedy, I like those were all the outcasts, you know what I mean? Like it was a bunch of like people that were, um, you know, native people to Tallahassee, you know, queer students, um, students of color, like people that really needed to find a place, I think. Um, A lot of people gravitated towards comedy. And so um, I was lucky enough to. It was such a small town that I never. No one had to fight for stage time or anything like that. And so um, I kind of fell in love with the comedians there pretty quickly. And yeah, I started like after I did it once, I started doing it like two, three times a week.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's. what I mean, that's yeah, what you got to do. Great. You got it. You got to just dive right in. Like I, I did it. Once, like five years ago, and then I didn't do it again. Not because it didn't go well, because it actually... I mean, I look back on the set, and it was horrible, but it, but it, you know, it didn't go that badly. It, it, I, they left me up there for like nine minutes, and I had about maybe five minutes of material. So that was an interesting experience. But what I didn't have was I didn't have any community, and so I went to go and look at open mics, and I, I looked at Bad Slava, and I was just like, ugh, this is like a crazy long list, and I just... And just I don't know I didn't have anyone to do it with and and so when then I didn't I didn't really do anything until like three years later maybe four years later and then I took a class it was a, I had a little bit of structure and then I had some people to kind of get around with. And even though I, you know, I didn't—it wasn't like I had a buddy going to every open mic, but I just kind of needed a little bit of a community. I sort of needed people that I could discuss it with right. and sort of talk about jokes with, um, and that—that that was really important. And then once I did that, I, I i went in whole hog, and that's really all I do now. Like that's, that, you know, that's, that's been, you know, awesome. most of, most of my life. Now, well, I'm a stay-at-home dad, and you know, like you're talking about being intimidated by women with opinions. I, I am the opposite. Like that's—that's that's never been a problem for me. Um, I was raised by a single mother. Maybe that's part of it, but like you know, oh, my, yeah. Wife, yeah, my wife, my wife has know. almost that's all of our relationship made more money than me, and that's never you know been an issue. That's not something I care about.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I I, I definitely think like you're right about something. I think like the men I've I've at least the men I've dated that have had questionable kind of almost um, well, more than questionable it's like misogynistic. Um, yeah. I guess thoughts about women and 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 how they should be and everything I I mean a lot of them have like a lot of issues with their moms and you know I I don't I swear like sometimes like when I have sex with men I feel like Sigmund Freud is like rolling in his grave somewhere because I have so many like issues with my father and I tend to attract men that have issues with their mom and the whole thing just crystallizes into this like insane thing (laughs) Uh like oh god (laughs) but um I mean, yeah, again, I I get most of my comedy material from those kinds of encounters. So in a way, I don't know. There's like a fucked up part of me that's like not happy that I've encountered those people, but at least feel like, oh, well, you know, you can take something out of any experience and make it funny. I mean, I I don't know if that's relatable, but.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Who else do you like? Um, what, What comedians are you into?
1: I love Tiffany Haddish. I was just watching her the other day, and I was watching her set on like uh, it's called like Def Jam Comedy, and it's just amazing how I mean she just like she does she does like she uses her body to do comedy. She's so like again like kind of you know she's she's not afraid to talk about sex, and she's not afraid to talk about things that might be provocative, but you know do it in a way where she's you know. I don't know. She's entertaining people. She's making a point. Like, I think she's super feminist. Um, I, she really inspires me. And, uh, let's see. I really like, um, who else? Oh, I'm like blanking all of a sudden. I'm trying to think of what. I like Gary Goldman a lot. I had never seen him perform, but I did a bringer with him at West side comedy club when I was still in New York city. And it was the first time I had ever seen him perform. Um, I embarrassingly don't know many like, you know, hot comedians, you know what I mean? Like up and coming people. Well, not that these up and coming, but i not a I mean, person you know, you know with who you the times. Yeah. You yeah. Got him, who you know. Gary Goldman is. Yeah. And Gary. Goldman Oh, no, is Gary's kind of crushing it. Writer. I mean, Gary,
0: Gary, yeah. Gary, his Twitter, his Twitter tips are amazing. I found a website yeah. um, that they, they cataloged all of his tips and it was just it's it's fantastic i mean i i because i because I, I really i would like him to put it into a book i just i, I digest information better in book form than i do on twitter let's okay. just you know, probably an age thing um so i yeah. but you know what what someone did is they put it all in a nice easily formatted list and you know there it's done by category and he's got some annotations on it and it was like oh this is perfect i'm, I'm very very happy so it's really cool
1: Yeah. He was, and I just, like, something, like, there's something about him, like, he's such a writer, you know what I mean? I think that I I admire that so much, like, when you can tell that, you know, they've strategically chosen every word and, like, placed it in a way where it's going to, like, maximize laughter, like, maybe I'm overanalyzing it, which I tend to do, but, like, I don't know, there's something about just when you can tell that someone's, like, written it almost as a piece of writing and they're performing it, I mean, that just, that inspires me a lot, like, um the vloggers
0: sure. I look up to and Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Um all right, so let uh, I want to try something if you're willing to take the journey with me. Is um can we sort of <laughs> check out the news and maybe riff a little bit?
1: Um uh, sure. Yeah. I'm not I'm not the best improv person, but I will never go to take class at U C B. Um but I will uh do my best.
0: Well it's not well it's not so much improv. It's just kind of like for example, Martin Scorsese is, uh, is going to do his next movie with Leonardo DiCaprio for Apple TV for 150 million dollars, which which is a, which is a huge price tag and is and is a really big deal. What do you think about that?
1: Well, um, I have to admit, I don't exactly know what Apple TV is. Um, that well, it's like that. It's it's like, like it's
0: a Netflix. It's a it's it's basically their their oh, competition for Netflix.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah, um, I. I mean I <laughs> I feel like I'm the worst person that's just like not into a pop culture or anything like that. But oh, really? I think okay. that is yes, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's not um that's not like uh yeah, but I mean yes, that sounds like a lot of money and I don't know, I uh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just sort of part of me wonders like I understand they're trying to get subscribers, but I also wonder like if maybe they could give some to, you know, some smaller projects just to kind of just to fill in what they have and maybe find, you know, like, like you could get a lot for 150 million. Like, obviously, you're going to get Martin Scorsese. You're going to get some subscribers 100 percent. You're going to get a ton of attention, and that's really good. But I also wonder if maybe, you know, like maybe you get a comedian that nobody, you know, get some comics that people haven't heard of. do a, Do a young comedian's show like Rodney Dangerfield a young used to do. So that would be
1: awesome. I, I right, think like wouldn't be that so be cool? Like that cool. would that would be
0: kind of a fun thing. And and, and it, you know, I don't it wouldn't make the same kind of splash, but maybe you'd discover somebody and then they were discovered on your platform. So that might that might exactly. be a Exactly. And you thing. can
1: take, you can take all the credit for them for years to come, you know, Apple founded you, Apple made you, you know, you have to thank Apple on yeah. every one of your specials. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I think that, Like yeah, HBO, I mean, that, when that, HBO did
0: that, HBO, you know, I, I believe that's where Rodney Dangerfield's young comedian specials were. And that was, you know, those were huge. I mean, that was, that was oh, where yes. comedians broke out.
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I used to, Oh my God. I used to watch those with my dad. Um, Like so, really, like so they're, they're like from um, maybe I'm getting the year wrong because I have no concept of time, but they're kind of from maybe from the '80s. Like Mark Marin did one, David Cross yep. did one. Am I thinking of the right? Yes. I so, think so. I, I think
0: those. so. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah. it was like when they're when they're young and they're starting out. Now, obviously, they're not, you know, they, you know, it's young comedians, and obviously they're still young. But I mean, it's not like they're in their first year. But at the same time, you know, it this was like their first major exposure. You know that's how they get onto the national scene. So and I, you know it's much easier now. You can get online, whatever. Like you're you're really killing it on Twitter. You do very well on Twitter. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I didn't think that. I it's weird because before the coronavirus, I mean, and like again, like admittedly, like I I wasn't super into you know uh, uh, leveraging social media to do well with comedy. You know what I mean? That's just like that's never been my thing. I'm not very tech savvy and. But when Corona happened, I was just like, I don't, you know, I have no way, other way to tell my jokes because um, I don't really like the Zoom stuff. So, yeah, I just kind of started telling my jokes on Twitter, and it's been going well. Um, so, when, yeah, I so agree. That you, would be – sorry.
0: No, no, no. no. Um, I was just going to say, like, you, you're, do you spend time on Twitter, like sort of getting, getting new followers and doing the various things that social media experts tell you to do? Or are you just putting your jokes <laughs> out there?
1: Oh, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, like, I I try to write jokes. um, uh, uh, Sometimes I'll have a spontaneous thought and put it out, but I try to write jokes, um, and then I say, okay, well, and a lot of my friends um, have taught me how to do it, you know, so I've been really lucky because I didn't really know much about it, and I asked my friends that were doing well, you know, hey, can you help me out? And so I'm very grateful to them. And they kind of gave me some tips on, okay, you should post it this time. You should space them out like this. You should try to connect with these, you know, other comics. You know, follow other comics, follow other writers. And so, um, uh, yeah, like I I try to write quality jokes and make people laugh, but I definitely do it, I definitely try my best to do it strategically where I know I'll get good engagement and stuff. Um, It's been really fun to do, honestly, to experiment with that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I guess that's my. Method and then I had one tweet that went crazy and got like three hundred thousand likes or something and that was fun.
0: (laughs) What? Yeah. Do you have any sense of why that blew up?
1: I mean, so the tweet was, uh, "Did you have a happy childhood or are you funny?"
0: That was really good. That's a good tweet. (laughs) That's a funny (laughs) joke. That's that's what you know. What's great great. about that is people sent that to me, and I and I was like, I was like, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. a friend of a friend. Like you know, I I know Aww. who that is. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you funny. know, and it was really yeah, good. I, yeah, that was good. I, That's a good that that was well done.
1: You know, it was it was it was, it was it was it was honestly I was happy about that because, um, I feel like there was a lot of frustration that I was experiencing that was kind of like behind why I tweeted that, and so to see so many people relating to that sentiment was like very exciting and kind of validating, you know, I mean, other than the fact that like my follower count literally determines my self worth, it was just, but it was like in seriousness, like it was like, um, it was very validating to see how many people related to something like that, you know?
0: Sure. But I mean, also non-comedians, like the people that forwarded that to me were not exclusively comedians. That that was, you know, so that, that definitely went beyond the comedian community. People were way into it.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, uh, it, it was cool. It was a cool thing that happened. And now I feel like I can only, I can only you know, regress from here. You know what I mean? It's like, that's my peak. That was my peak. I peaked in comedy, and now it's downhill. <laughs> now it's quarter-life crisis. I sell out. You know what I mean? Like it's, Right. Uh, yeah.
0: So, but, yeah, like, so, so I, mean, I think it's interesting that you say that there was a lot of frustration behind it. So, I mean, I think that there was, you know, it wasn't just – you know, a cute turn of phrase, like it was something there. There was there was emotion behind it. There was actual like legitimate yeah. feeling behind there.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: So so what what is yeah. that? What was what, what was the thought process behind that?
1: I I think that um, and again, like I for, for, before I decided to like leave academia, the thing that I was dabbling with was a project on humor and the kind of norms that govern humor and where, you know, where a good sense of humor comes from and are the psychologists thinking about humor in the right way. And, you know, something that you'll find in in research is that, um, and I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people, they don't know this. I feel like people will, it's believable, right. That, you know, humor, being able to cultivate sense of humor is often a coping strategy with, you know, trauma. Um, And one of the reasons I love Tiffany Haddish is because like she grew up in an abusive home and she'll say, in, you know, she'll say in interviews, like I used humor to, you know, make my mom laugh when, you know, so she didn't hit me. Um, and, you know, I, I have, you know, experienced similar types of abuse as a child. And I think that like now when people tell me you're, you know, people will say, Oh, you're funny. Or like, you know, so cool that you're a comedian. Like I mean, think it is cool, but I think also especially just the other really funny comedians that I know that I'm friends with, like, we all do this because that's kind of what we had to do at an early age to cope and you know, survive psychologically or even physically. Um, And so I think that oftentimes maybe people that don't have that kind of upbringing or or don't relate to that, forget that, yeah, being funny is nice, you know, um, and comedy is great, but a lot of the ability to be funny and, and entertain people and just kind of maybe have a knack for that sort of thing is kind of a product of like, you know, very serious <laughs> and sad Right. There, there's a lot, there's a lot of um, real pain behind yeah. the,
0: behind the joke.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Exa- yeah, exactly. And, it, it, and so I just, um, uh, and also I have a friend that uh, has not experienced uh, any of that. And um, she's not a very funny person. She's not a comedian. It's a non-comedian, but she's not a funny person. And, always, you know, say, like, why am I not, you know, why are you so funny, and I'm not funny, and everything, and, you know, I I, I do think about that a lot, and then I see, you know, the, the life that you've had, and I'm just like, well, hey, like, you might not have had to work the humor muscle, so to speak, as much as other people. Um, There's a
0: lot behind that one sentence. Yeah, you know. There's a lot going on there. The tweet? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, and I, I think that's why maybe, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, and then of course, you know, you have the people that, you know, it was so funny, like, this one woman commented, and she was just like, these two aren't mutually exclusive, like, I had a great childhood, and I'm also hilarious, and, you know, like, that, that's no, okay, not. we can all, no, well,
0: you're not, yeah, right, and it's like, I like, <laughs> so did you respond, yeah. Is that, that's exactly <laughs> so, how uh, I would yeah, have responded, but, I would have been like, no, you're I not,
1: didn't even respond, I didn't respond because I knew Twitter would respond for me. Yeah, t- what did Twitter up. say? What did Twitter say? Oh, they were roasting her. I felt bad. I felt a little
0: bad. Like, well, you're opening like- yourself up. I mean, my God. I mean, you know, like, right. like, I mean, what, I, I can only imagine. I mean, that's that. What a stupid thing to say. I mean, you might as well just paint a sign on you and, just, you know, and just say, you know, Twitter, go after me. Because I mean, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> the
1: people right. People who are right. clicking like on the tweet saying. are
0: not the people who disagree with it. That's three hundred thousand right. people who thought it was who thought think this think this is, you know, speaking truth. So I, I don't know what you're expecting. Any I, I you know, I, I'm sorry, I don't want anyone to get abused, but at yeah. some point you, you kinda of reap what you sow. I mean you're basically right. begging I mean, for the, it at the, that the, point.
1: The, right. And the the thing I find too, and like I like I didn't experience it until this happened, but it's like some people don't, like, like it was a joke. You know what I mean? Like, do I really think that you right. have to be abused in order to be hilarious? No, of, of course, course not. But do I think in many cases? Yes. You know what I mean? I, I think that trope is absolutely rooted in reality, and there's empirical evidence that suggests that even. And so, you know, it was funny seeing people just be like, like, I thought I was funny, but then I read this tweet, and my mom was really nice to me, so holy shit, guys, maybe I'm not funny. And I'm just like, calm down, calm down. Like, it's not that Relax. Right
0: it's okay. Right. You can still be yeah. funny. I and mean, obviously, like you know, as near right. as I as near as I can tell, like I, I'm reading Carol Leifer's book right now, which I highly recommend. It's it it's, okay, it's definitely, definitely skews younger than you know who she is, right or no?
1: I I don't. I'm sorry, but I'll no no that's, no that's no that's okay. Um, she
0: I'm only saying it because it, because it may I should probably clarify if you don't. Um, she's been a she came up with Jerry Seinfeld and Jay Leno and Paul Reiser. Like she was sort of part of that class oh, okay. um, she, was on Let- she was on letterman like 30 times um, oh, wow. she was a okay. writer for seinfeld she wrote for this tv show the mm-hmm. rules of engagement that my wife and i used to like um she's very very funny she's 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 just you know she's just a old school comedian but you've been around a long time her her writing is very breezy and effortless and it's actually like solid advice for, um for really for young people like it definitely doesn't skew towards towards me but i'm enjoying the book anyway um, but she, by as near as I can tell, had a very happy childhood. Like, you know, like her father was super supportive. She she decided she would drop mm-hmm. out of college to do comedy, and her parents were like, "Go for it," you know. But so she, but she's really funny. Like, so it, it, it doesn't it mean you know, like it. Obviously, you're going to right. find people for whom that's not true. It's a tweed. You know, like at some point, right. like you just said, I mean, like, it's a joke, like, but it's a joke that there, right. there's truth in it. Yeah, that's, you know, there. Exactly. That a lot of the, uh, if you've tweeted a lot of the people who are funny had bad childhoods. That's not funny. <laughs> exactly. you know, that's exactly. not a good joke. That's yeah. not going to get that's going to get two <laughs> right. likes.
1: Right. That's going to get two likes. They're going to be from right. your friends.
0: You know, it's not the same thing. <laughs>
1: yeah too like me from your friends, that's funny, right I mean you know um, nobody cares yeah. whereas
0: what you you know where you rope right. blew up, that's different now you said it you said it sort of you'd measure your self worth against your against your followers. do you mean that
1: um I mean, I think that everyone i mean, i I think now, right, especially like, I feel like with young comedians like like you know your social media capital is absolutely like you know a big um, factor in uh, your success in like the industry and the opportunities that you can get and so I think that everyone feel at, at least many of, many of the people that I know um, feel yeah like very much kind of like you know measure their success or their worth as a comedian or whatever against um, you know how many followers they have how well they're doing on social media and I think that while it's kind of I mean ultimately I feel like followers right a very trite sort of thing. I mean, it is definitely a reality um, that that's kind of now what a lot of people look at. Um, sure. I don't really, I mean, my sense of self-worth is so compromised as it is that <laughs> I have no idea what I'm <laughs> measuring that by now at this point. But, um, no, I mean, I don't mean it, like, 100% serious. But, like, yeah, like, I definitely um, feel, um, more optimistic about my ability to do well in comedy now that I've been doing well on Twitter, you know, if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I, was just,
0: I, I didn't mean to, I, I realize I phrased that in a more serious way than I meant, but it's, but, but, I know exactly oh. what you mean. I mean, that, feel, that feeling is very real. Even, like, I sort of have, I, 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 I enjoy tweeting. I would like to get more attention from my tweets. I also understand that there's things I have to do in order to get that, and I don't know that I'm willing to spend that much time on it. Um, a, and so I have, I have, I have a, a good strategy. Yeah, I have a mixed, I have a mixed relationship with it. I hate to do this, but we have to stop. I wish we didn't have to, but I'm going we're gonna get cut off. Can you tell everyone where they can find you on the social medias?
1: Oh, oh, sure. Um, so my, um, I'll, I guess I'll plug both. So my Twitter is um, feminist underscore thought, spelled th 0 t h zero t kind of a play on I mean I studied like feminist theory feminist thought in grad school so it's kind of a play on that because cool. talk about feminism I also talk about sex I talk about how both of them kind of make me um, troubled inside because I can never reconcile my sexual values and my political values um, I don't know why I'm giving like an academic talk about this right now I'm just <laughs> um, real quick, I hate to rush you but real
0: quick because we're <laughs> going to get cut off
1: oh okay sorry 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 Okay. That's okay. Um, so it's uh, feminist and then same on Instagram feminist underscore thought t h c o t. Thank you so much for having me. This was Rachel. So, this I, was delightful. So thank you so
0: much for Thank you so much for coming uh, on. This was great. Uh, everybody, we will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. And as always, please, 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 stay safe.